This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Welcome back to the channel. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. I'm absolutely delighted to bring on Tottenham Hotspur legend Michael Dawson to the channel. Of course, Michael Dawson played for Spurs between 2005 and 2014. Ten seasons at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. 236 Premier League appearances, seven goals. 28 FA Cup appearances. 20 League Cup appearances, one goal. 40 European appearances, two goals. A total of 324 appearances, 10 goals, four England caps. Michael, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. How are you? Delighted to be, uh, delighted to have you on. Um, what's it like being back at Spurs? Of course, you left Tottenham Hotspur Football Club back in 2014. Uh, you're back now as a club ambassador. What's it like being back? Yeah, it's always good to come back. And, you know, when I left in 2014, I knew it would be uh, to go on and fulfil the rest of my career and play football. That was that was the reason why I had to I had to leave to, to carry on. And I went and had seven years playing professional football, which was great. I would never change that. I could have stayed uh for two more two more years. My contract, who would have known what would have happened? Would I have played, would I not? Um but the decision in, in hindsight didn't go to plan, got relegated twelve months uh later. Uh, but that's football. You make you make decisions, you've got to live by them. And to be back now as an ambassador it's fantastic. Coming completely different to, to a player, different things. You see different sides of um, the football club, meeting different people. So it's 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 really enjoyable, and you and you get to come back to uh, what is an amazing football club, amazing stadium, uh, and you get to watch a, a top team play. And at the moment, winning football matches, which is the most important thing. 
Exactly right. You're always out and about, as well as the other club ambassadors uh, doing great work, as is the uh, the football club. Now, on the 24th of May, you will be attending another event at the London Academy of Excellence Tottenham uh, to highlight the power of ed education and the club's impact within the local area. Uh, the event will pro uh, help provide uh, an insight into how uh, they they play a transformative role in shaping the outcome of the club's brightest uh, young people. Um, Michael, tell us a little bit about that and all of the wonderful work that you and all the other ambassadors do. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we go out into the community. We Things that probably as players, uh, you don't have as much time to do. That That's football. Your job as a player is to concentrate on performing and when you cross that white line, winning football matches. But for us, the London Academy of Excellence of Tottenham is, is great. It's opportunity for uh, disadvantaged kids in the area uh, and give them the best opportunity to go and be have a successful life and give them the best opportunities to fulfil uh, the rest of their lives and give them opportunities. Top ed education, give them, the, like I say, give them the best opportunity. That's all people uh, in the area and that's credit to the club and credit to everyone who puts the work in. Michael, the area's brightest young people, they ask you to go because you're one of the brightest footballers? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, as I say, part of the ambassador role, you go and you communicate, you get involved with, with working in the area. There's a lot of work goes into uh, the community, which is credit to everyone who does it. Uh, we turn up, it's, um, it's enjoyable for us. We, we see, uh, like I said, disadvantaged people that don't have the opportunities, but this gives them the opportunity. Say, give them the best, get the best education. Uh, and that's all you can ask for, to give them the best ed education and the best opportunity to do what can hopefully give them a good life in the future. Michael, before we talk about your career, um, who were your idols growing up and what football team did you support? Yeah, growing up from the age of nine, um, my, my brother Andy, he, he signed for, for Nottingham Forest and I watched Nottingham Forest from the age of nine, met Brian Clough, Forest were in the Premier League, uh, Stuart Pearce, Roy Keane, uh, Brian Roy, uh, Brian Roy, number twenty-two on the back of my shirt from the age of nine and ten. So I was, that was the, my, my team, I suppose. Uh, and, and then signing for them at fourteen, leaving home at sixteen, and then fulfilling every every young player's kid's dream and, and getting the opportunity to play first team football. That was my goal. And probably from the age of eight and nine, watching them in the Premier League. Then, and it's been twenty-three years since they're. Uh, They've been in the Premier League, so I hope to see them back this year. They've, they're in a great position. Um, Colin Cooper, Steve Chettle, the centre-halves that you looked at then. Um, but Stuart Pearce was obviously captain of the football club at the time, England international, um, and he was he was certainly a hard defender and uh, he was probably someone that was probably my idol at that moment in time. So you must remember the, the 91 Cup final. Yeah. Yeah, I was young. I was young then, uh, but, you, you know, from, from the age of two, three, four... All I wanted to do, all I did in the garden was play football. Like I said, I had, Andy was five years above me. Kevin was two and a half. So I was always the youngest. Always wanted to be like them, your older brothers playing football in the garden. So any football that was on, we watched it. Uh, and yeah, you remember these the special moments. Mark, it must have been very difficult for you then in 2005 to leave the club that you supported as a boy. Uh, of course, then signing for Spurs alongside Andy Reid, your teammate. How was that moving to Tottenham? Well, it was, a, it was a dream come true. You know, I'd played just under 100 games for Forest. And my, my first year there, probably as 18-year-old, was my best season. And then I got glandular fever, was picking up injuries. And there'd been a lot of speculation of, of quite a few clubs wanting to sign me. But then for one reason or the other, say Niggles and thankfully when I was 21, um, you, 
you get the opportunity. Uh, and me and Reedy made the, the move south. Uh, and then it was an incredible nine and a half years, uh, a club that will live me, with me forever. It gave me every opportunity to fulfil dreams that I probably never even set out as a kid to do. Playing for your country, playing in the Champions League, uh, winning a trophy. All these things are just, they're a distant thought. Uh, and, and dreams are there to be to be had. Uh, they probably weren't even a dream as a kid. You, you just don't ever think where your journey will take you. Uh, and fulfil them. So, ever grateful for everything that Spurs give me, the opportunities that they give me, uh, and memories that will live me with me forever. What players welcomed you the most when you arrived at Tottenham? Probably Robbie, Robbie and Ledley. They were they were uh, Ledley, obviously captain of the club. Um, Robbie, a superstar. And when you walk in a dressing room from from a Championship team, you probably wondered would they know you? How were they going to take to you? But they took to me incredible. They uh, Robbie took me under. Under his wing, he took me out first first day. I had a stress fracture in my shin when I signed. So, for me, it was so, so hard and frustrating not to be able to just get on the training pitch, be part of the lads, have that little bit of banter. I was in the, in the treatment room with the physio. So, that was probably the hardest time of, of my career, really, making the move a long way from, from Yorkshire. Nothing was only two and a half hours. You could get home four or five hours from, from, from home. So, that was tough. I was injured. Um, but then six weeks, six to eight weeks, when I met after I made my debut, uh, that was when the re- dreams really kicked in. You playing in the Premier League, you think when, when you need to get it out of your way. You always say get your debut out of the way, get four or five games under your belt, and you're part of the team. And, and that's how I felt when we went to Anfield and I, we got that two two all draw. I made my debut down to injuries. Very fortunate I got it four or five centre half being injured, and and people said to me. When you talk about times in your career when you were injured, it gives someone else an opportunity, uh, and that was how my my break came to to get into the Spurs first team. Michael, when did you know that you would be playing in that Liverpool uh, game, that two two draw? The day before. Yeah, there'd been injuries, and then Martin Yall. Uh, I'd not even played a reserve game. I'd been out probably what three three months, four months. Um, trained but I trained how I played and I always say young kids when you go into a first team environment whatever club it is whether they know yeah I was about to make it, go in and have an intensity about your training go and show them train how you play I always said that and times I picked up injuries in early on in my career training the way I played putting your body on the line and thinking oh, why did I just go through training I got my opportunity because of the way I trained at Spurs I went out and showed everyone what I could do and Martin Joe probably went wow didn't realise how good this, this kid was going to be. But that was it. Injuries. He, he thought I could play and says, are you ready to play? I was. Um, and then from a, a good performance individually and collectively, we got two, two all drop there, got man of the match. And, and I think probably people thought, here we go. We've, he, he can play a little bit, this kid. Michael, May 2006, Lasagna Gate. When I say those words, how do you feel about that? Well, um, would you say it's the most disappointing thing of your career? Yeah, along with my injuries um, and missing out on big games. But I just think the opportunity that the games that we've we'd had to, to get to the final game, to be in the position where we were, especially especially for the for me within the space of eighteen months, where the club had gone, we were never challenging for top four before I signed. Then, them years and yeah. the Martin York gradually built to where we are to today a team that yeah. challenges for the Premier League top four on a consistent basis. That wasn't where Spurs were um, and hadn't been for many years. So what he did, he got a good 
group of senior players, good group of young players. We started blending, playing together. And then to what happened at West Ham on that final day, devastating. Still, still hurts me because I didn't feel as it was a fair, uh, fair playing field. You know, if, if we'd have lost and, and we hadn't performed, you could have looked at ourselves. But the way everyone was feeling, um, in hindsight, I probably should, should never have played the game. And, and that was something as a young lad come with experience later, later on in your career. I'd have probably said, look, I'm not well enough to play. But young, first full season in the team, and being sick in the middle of the night, thinking, oh, no, I'm going to miss a final game. This is impossible. You played, oh, I played pretty much every game all season then. And to miss a final game, to, to know that if we'd have won, the rewards it would have been. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Tell me, because there were so many players that who, who that were ill, was there no chance at all that they would postpone that game for another day? Well, no, it was never, ever going to be postponed. Uh, the, the police came in the morning. I remember at night getting, I think I, I went to bed, I don't know, 10, 10 o'clock and I phoned the wife and said, right, I don't feel great. 12 o'clock, sick, middle of the night, sick. And then I phoned the physio and thought, you're going to struggle playing now, you know, when you're being ill. Your, your body feels drained, thinking, how are you going to run around? How, it's, we're talking elite level football here. You've got, you, you've got yeah. to be in peak condition. There's times when you're carrying injuries and things like that. But everyone who's been ill, which we all have, you feel drained, you just want to lie in your bed. Uh, and the next morning, I was thinking, went down, I said to the physio and the doctor, I don't think I'm going to be possible. And I don't believe I'll be the only one. And then come nine o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock, I wasn't the only one. The police were there and thinking, oh, we can postpone it for um, for an hour. That wasn't going to make a difference. So it is what it is. Unfortunately, uh, it, it was certainly hard to take. Did you, uh, have you eaten lasagna since? Yeah, it took me a while. <laughs> <laughs> We'll move on from that. Now, November 2006, Mark, you scored your first goal for Spurs against Chelsea at White Hart Lane in a 2-1 win. How did that feel? And uh, I'm going to come on to it later, but you, you seem to love a goal against West Ham and Chelsea. Yeah, I would have liked to have added, that was something in my game that I would have liked to have added more more of. Um, I had some big opportunities before I scored the goal against Chelsea. And the lads are like, any chance you're going to score, Dawson? So what? I'll keep putting it on the plate for you. I always said, well, I put myself in these positions, but yeah, Big goals. I, I, that was a joke at the end of it. I saved it for a big game against Chelsea. 24 years since we'd, we'd beat them. Uh, being 1-0 down and then coming back and balling by JJ. What a ball. I just had to glance it into, into the bottom corner. And the emotions and celebration they'd been building up for, for quite a while to get that goal was special. Um, goal scorers get all the glory. Um, they get them feelings and, and, and defenders. You, you very rarely get them because you're normally on the end of a, a mistake or a goal that goes in, so you have that disappointment. But when a goal goes in, I think my reaction, celebration, then Lenny yeah. got the goal and uh, great relief when that final whistle went. Now, in the 2006-2007, you wore the captain's armband uh, for Spurs for the very first time, Chelsea away. How did that feel? Well, it was special till the till they came back. I think it was Michael Ballett scored a header. I remember it. Um, Martin Yolson, you're going to be captain. I was like, wow, this is a, this is an honour. Um, I captained every club I played for, which was was special. You, you're leading the pack out, and you've got to try and, and you feel that more responsibility you do as a captain. I always, always did when I wore the armband, not just on it, off it. You have things to for deal with, um, but that was obviously the leadership skills that I had that managers saw and showed that you know did everything I could for for each team I played for. When you say about leadership skills, there, do you have any plans to go into coaching or management later on? I've, I've finished my A license. That was something that when I was at Spurs working with John McDermott, um, 
the year before I left, with, I was working with the academy, got my B licence done, which was fantastic. One on one every Monday afternoon, I'd go and coach with them. Um, and John was amazing, really, really was. Got that pass. And then I, I left and it was put on the back burner a little while. And just before I, I finished, I, I got my A licence ticked off. So it's great, it's there. Um, but this moment in time, I'm enjoying the media. I've got two young young kids, so they, they keep me busy. And, and I know when you when you go into the coaching, it's like I've had for 20 years, been moving around the country, you're dictated when you do things. Uh, and, and I thought I just needed some time with the family and be able to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Because you are, as a player, things change. It's, it, it's the best life you would ever, ever wish to have. But you're dictated, you have plans, and then the next thing, something changes, it's out the window. It's not a nine to five job where you know you're off every weekend. Yeah. The best job in the world. Um, but something since I've finished, I've been able to look, plan, uh, put things in the diary, uh, and and as I say, young kids, young kids, you don't get those times back. So uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it at the moment, enjoying the media, which is has been a great opportunity for me. Uh, and then obviously working with Spurs as well. So it's it, it's going good at the moment. Then, Michael, the 2007-2008 season, of course, saw a trophy League Cup win over Chelsea at Wembley. Um, talk us through that uh, that lead up to that final. Uh, of course, you missed the final, but of course, that is the last trophy that Spurs have won. Yeah, you, you talk about, was that your biggest regret? I think my biggest regret was missing the final. Um, we'd had a week building up to the derby game. We played man, the, the schedule going into the final. And that was incredible. To beat Arsenal, that was one of my best nights. The atmosphere at White Hart Lane was yeah. electric. It was incredible. Played every round. Uh, we played Manchester United. I was on four bookings. So I was doing everything I could to try and basically get booked. So I would miss the Derby game a week later. I made every tackle that was incredible. Um, Ronaldo never got a kick. He even retaliated with a kick on me. I made every tackle, which that never happened. I was always two seconds behind. And normally, it was always good for a yellow card. Um, but I never, and then the week building up to the derby game, we were doing these sprints with weights on our back and I felt my hamstring. I said to the physio, I think there's something not quite right here. And, and I had in my mind that people were thinking, oh, I'm just trying to not play against derby because I wanted to think of the final. If I got booked at derby, I would have missed it. I went for a scan, the scan was clear. Um, five minutes into the derby game, took off, pulled my hamstring, bad hamstring tear. Um, so I missed the final. So for me personally, just not to be, whether I would have played, um, we had Woody, obviously, who scored the goal and Ledley. So, I may not. Just to have been in the camp, we went to a hotel a few days before. We were set up in the, in, in the stands as a player, so you weren't quite part of it. There's a big difference. And the people always say, oh, when, you, when you're in the squad. And so, completely different. It re really, really was. But we certainly had a special few days after we won it. What a night. The lads were incredible. The energy levels... And um, Woody getting that goal was, was special. Me memories, that, that's what it's all about. You, you talk about special times in your, in your career and that, that was one played every round missed the final but I've still got my medal and my boy the other day was looking at the uh, the winners and the losers one because we had the losers one 12 months later which I played in and Wembley's no place for losers I can tell you that Does it feel like 14 years ago? No it doesn't but then you go back to your times I've had two kids in that time you've moved, moved from London to the north again and you know you think what you've done in that, that time but everything blink of an eye and it's years down the line so time flies but uh, I still remember the night we had at the Grove and the celebrations we had and, and I always say to players and it's probably maybe only when you finish you you think about those amazing times you're winning a trophy or going to playing at Wembley and people always say enjoy them enjoy the highs because there's a lot of lows in your career uh, but that was certainly high we all had a good night the whole family were there um, 
and a bad head on the Monday morning, that's for sure. I've heard along this number with, of along with, the, along with all the other Spurs fans as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've heard this a number of times that Ramos actually took you to the Grove, and uh, you know it was it was very unlike him, though, wasn't it, to do that? Yeah, on the on the build up to the game, I think it was two nights before this. What I'm saying is, as an injured player, we we stayed at the training ground. We he, he probably took the squad of twenty twenty two. They had um, they had some fun. They stayed away preparation but he very rarely did it you go night for a game because it was a final he, he, he did that that's what I was saying as, as an injured player there was quite a few Gaz was injured so the squad of players probably about eight, eight or nine of us uh, got the minibus to the ground uh, the next day and like I say you weren't in that 20 man squad where you've got the buzz of driving up on the on the team coach walking out at Wembley all those things but hey look I've still got the medal and um, that'll be with me forever Michael, we won't talk about the 2009 Cup final, uh, the the loss uh, to Manchester United. We'll go on to the 2009-2010 season. Of course, uh, you won Player of the Year. Spurs finished fourth. We qualified for the Champions League. Was that your best and most favourite season at Tottenham? Yeah, definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt, I think. Uh, I, I still pinch myself when, when I do these kind of things and speak to people and you talk about 2010. Um, finishing the Champions League, myself getting Player of the Year, and going to a World Cup at the end of it. You you do have to pinch yourself. You think the players that are on that trophy, and I remember getting it and walking out a while in and collecting it, and likes of Gaza, Ginola, Teddy Sheringham, yeah, Robbie Keane, Berbatovs. I think Gareth had, was either got it before or after, I'm not too sure. Now you'll have the Sons, Canes. You know, I'm I'm on that on that where you've got superstars and, and, and icons of the game. So I still, it's, it's an incredible achievement for me. That was definitely my best season. I think Harry had to take a lot of that credit because before under one day, Ramos had gone through a bad spell for, for confidence. I wasn't performing, um, you know, and it was, it was hard times for me. It was only later on in my career that I, I probably realised that, that it's, um, and I see players going through it now. And I think I've got empathy for those players that confidence if you're a player and you could pay an awful lot of money for it, players would. Uh, but it's only when you come out the other side and it stood me in good stead. But Harry had to take a lot of credit for that. He got me back to playing with belief and confidence. And as a team, we were we were flying. We were, everyone was talking about us. We were, we were electric and we had a group of uh, players that had good spirit. But we had some world-class players. World-class and, and, like I say, joy to be part of that. It's such a shame, Michael, isn't it? The fact that I've just spoke about the League Cup 2008, that we haven't won a trophy in all that time when we have had some absolutely fantastic players at the club. This club's always produced that. You even go um, years, years, well before I was even born. Um, you know, icons of, of football in my, you talk about Edgar David, Van der Vaart, players that came in, Berbatov, Modric, Bale. It's mind-blowing. You, you go as a kid watching Ginola, Sheringham, Klinsman. It's it's just amazing. Uh, and it surprised me that we, we've gone that long. But what I will say as a player, it's so hard to win something. You look at the teams that you're playing against. The Premier League for me is it's so hard to ever compete with the your Manchester Cities, your Liverpools. The gulf is so far. That, that's where we are at this moment in time. And early on, it was Man United, Chelsea's. Uh, and to win a cup now, it's one-off games, and, and everyone's yeah. wanting to do it. You see Manchester City before this year with the League Cup, the final of the League Cup now. Everyone's going for it because they realise the toughness of it. But 2018 Champions League final, 
fine margins. That's how hard it can be to win a trophy. But this group of players with Antonio, uh, we're going in the right direction. We keep building. We keep striving to, to be better. And that's all we can do as a football club. Now, former Manchester City striker Carlos Tevez said about you, the best English defender I've played against. Who are your most difficult opponents? Carlos Tevez. Uh, I'll say him just because I'm <laughs> not talking. No, it's, uh, for, for, for someone like him to say that, that's it's not, always nice to be uh, recognised playing against your, your fellow pros. That's always um, uh, a nice accolade. And Tevez was a hard, hard to play against when he was at West Ham. He came over and then went to, to Manchester United. Ronaldo's Rooney, Drogba. I think Drogba, I always say probably because his overall physicality, he, he was six foot three, four. He was strong. He could quick. He could shoot. He could do everything. Uh, Ronaldo was one of those players he could dribble past you. It's a hard question because you different opponents. Kevin Davis always used to score against us when, when we went to Bolton. He always scored. Never got a kick at White Hart Lane, but we went to Bolton for the Reeboks. Then. He'd always seem to score. It was... Um, it was one of those different players and uh, Emil Heskey, physical boys, and, uh, training against Jermaine, Robbie, different players. Jermaine had dropped deep. Um, Robbie had dropped deep. Jermaine had run shooting. There's so, so many. And, and like I say, when you, you class, you see Wayne Rooney now, played against Wayne many a time. Um, and you probably only realise, like I say, when you finish to say you've been put on, you see Premier League classics and you're in there and you see these games and it's, it gives you, gives you goosebumps, I suppose, at times because you don't sit yeah. down and reflect as, as much as you probably should because when you've had a good career, a long career, um, you, you've got to count yourself lucky that I, I played till 37. Um, you know, my body's in still good nick to go and have a kick five-a-side whenever, whenever called upon. Oh, so we're seeing the Legends uh, game soon then, will we? Oh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, yeah. If that's what okay. I'm going to start. Okay, okay. Um, in August 2010, of course, you made your England debut against Hungary, first of four caps. How did you feel representing your country? Oh, honoured. Really, really was. And we were blessed with centre-halves in, in my era. Um, disappointing I only got four, but it didn't start great. Hungary, I made a mistake and cleared one off the line. I'm still not sure it went over the line. I wasn't going to mention that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was one of them... And this is what I talk about players now getting an opportunity. This is why Gareth, I think, is so good. Um, I spoke about when I went to the World Cup, I'd never had a cap. And you see players that recently have gone in, friendly, give them, give them games. I was sub against Jamaica, who was 6-0 up at Old Trafford, and I never got put on. I'm thinking, once you've got your debut, you speak, listen to Declan Rice talking about getting more confidence, 29 caps or 30 caps he's got. So the longer you're there, the more caps you get, you feel more part of it. So it's it's hard. The nerves, the whole nations are watching you. You're under scrutiny. And um, yeah, I was in 32 squads, I think. And I got four caps. I never came on for many games. I was, there was Ledley, Rio, JT, Jamie Carragher. There was lots of players, so that were ahead of me. Um, but it would have been nice to have got a, a few more and come on. And Because you do, the more caps you get, you feel part of it. Um, but still, still thankful that I got four special times to pull the three lines on your shirt, play for your country. No one can take that away from you. Yeah. Michael, talk to me about the 2010-2011 uh, season, of course, the first time the club was in the Champions League. Those very, very special nights at White Hart Lane. Talk to me about those moments. Well, we went to Young Boys and the the, the anthem of the, the Champions League. Incredible. It gives give you goosebumps with being in the Europa League, but it wasn't the Champions League. And, and then it all went disastrous for, 
for, for a little while playing on AstroTurf. It was so different, the speed of the game. Thankfully, it came good after that. We, we got through, we beat young boys at White Hart Lane and we went on to have an incredible journey that year. We, we, we really did. I picked up an injury playing for England, as, funnily enough, uh, in my four caps. And uh, I missed a large chunk of that, the special night against Inter. It wasn't a special away, apart from for Gareth when he got the hatch you can put for me, put him on the worldwide stage, came back, would beat Inter at home. And we got to the knockout stages. And I remember going to AC Milan, captain the team, and knocking them out, you're thinking, wow, we're major underdogs. It was incredible achievement. It really was. Slatan uh, and playing against some top players, top, top yeah. players, and uh, Crouchy scoring the goal. And oh, it was just electric. And then going to the Bernabeu, our first probably experience of being, in, being there, and ah, oh, in, incredible it was. It sort of gave everyone the hunger and desire to try and do it on more occasions. Although we knew how hard it was to get there, it really, really was. Um, but we had some good, good memories, and, and for me, it put Gaz on the worldwide stage. Yeah, absolutely. Do you miss White Hart Lane? I th- yeah, I mean, look, I never played. I've never played at the new stadium, so for me, White Hart Lane was all I knew. It, it was special. It, it really was. But then you go to the new stadium. I was away for, for seven years and you come back. It's mind-blowing. The first time I ever came, that's, that is the only way to describe that place, mind-blowing. It's the best. Every single thing about it, um, from the walk around the cockerel to hanging off the side of the edge of the stadium to going to unbelievable restaurants, drinking. Ah, it's, it's the best. It is the best stadium in the world, along with the training ground as well. And where we wanted to, the club wanted to go, it needed that. 62 plus thousand there and it's sold out and and that was because of the fans want to come and watch just give more opportunity to them to see uh, and, and White Hart Lane unfortunately was probably just a little bit too small for the uh, amount of Spurs fans there is around the world that want to come and watch uh, a special team so it was time to move on it was but for me White Hart Lane will be special it forever will be because it was the only only place I played, the atmosphere when it was rocking, it was so close. Yeah, yeah, it was special to me, special. What I still absolutely love is when people come to the stadium for the very first time and you just see their face, like, oh, wow. You know, they're, they're, they're just memorised by the whole place. Um, now, of course, Michael, um, in 2014, you left the whole city. Um, Pochettino was the manager then. Uh, were you a little bit disappointed that you left the club then? Yes, I was disappointed, really disappointed. I, I played... Um, I think just under 40 games this, the season before. No real thought of leaving. My wife was pregnant at the time. Um, and then I got a call in the summer saying that uh, a bid had been put in by Hull City uh, and it had been accept- accepted. So I went back to pre-season and Maurizio obviously wanted to bring his own players in. And I had to deal with that. And I think the reason that I decided to, to leave because I had two years left, so I didn't have to go anywhere. Um, yeah. you know. But like I said, when I first came on, I wanted to play football. I wasn't a player that would just sit there, take his money and go for, sit, for, sit on my bum for two years and do absolutely nothing. Um, I think everything played a part when, we, but when I would go back to the AVB time when I was out of the team for three months. He tried to, to sell me. Um, and for me, the time wasn't right to leave then. But I was a lot younger then. When you get to 30 and you don't play till 32, if that was the case, I knew they wanted to bring players in. Maybe I wouldn't have gone on them 
played till I was 37. So we haven't got a crystal ball, unfortunately. If if I did, I would have stayed for another year um, and, and see where it took me. But look, you make decisions, you've got to live by them. Chance to, to move north with my wife and, and have a beautiful little boy and going to a club that I knew because of my, my brother. Um, I think Steve Bruce played a big part of that. He really did. Yeah. He did everything to sign me. I knew players in Tom and Jake. They'd had a good season the year before and they were trying to build a team. Um, signing myself, Jelovic, Snodgrass. So whenever you leave a club like Spurs, you're always going to... 99% of the players go backwards if you look at who's gone forward from Spurs. Not too many. Uh, you probably talk about Gaz, Modric, um, but but not major. So I was going to have to take the step back at some time because I love playing football. That's what I dreamed. I wasn't a player just to sit on my bum and do nothing. But we got relegated 12 months later and it was, yeah, I should have um, I should have stayed for one more year, seen what happened. Um, like I did with AVB and I got back in the team and signed a new contract. But like I say, um, I was a player that loved playing football. And, and when I wasn't playing, I wasn't I wasn't happy. Who was the favourite um, Spurs manager you played under? Wow, I played under some good ones. I think Martin Yol was amazing when he first came in, giving me the opportunities here as a young lad coming from the, from the Championship. Um, didn't say hi to Iowa one day. That's how it was. I didn't play didn't play well. Um, I don't think anyone played well under one day, apart from the one one day when we won the League Cup. Um, AVB came in. Harry came in, got me back playing. Some of my best football played under Tim for a little while. Uh, now I sit on the panel with him on a Saturday, so that's uh, that's good. A lot more relaxed than it was when he was manager. But he was he was a good guy. He liked me because if you wear your heart on your sleeve and you give everything for him, that's all managers can ask for. Um, I would have liked to work under Poch. I think he was uh, an, an incredible guy. I did pre-season with him, his work, and you could see his, uh, where he took the football club was to the next level. I think he was incredible. The players that he brought on. Um, so to put one, I'd probably say Harry just because I played the best football under under him, and he got me back when probably the door was uh, pretty much wide open that I was struggling to to, to perform. Um, so I think probably probably Harry. What was his team talks like? Did he used to shout or was he very quiet? No, he was he was he was constructive. He could get angry at times. Yeah, now and again we saw him him raging, but I think he walked into a job that was. It was a dream job. Like some of the players, I mean, I look at the team. Yeah. Go back from Ledley. You look at the spine. Myself and Ledley, uh, Modric, uh, JJ, Zakora, um, Bill on the left. You had Robbie. You had Defoe. We had two points from eight games. How I'm not too sure. It just shows, like I said earlier, Chris, about confidence. In- incredible. Harry came in. We ended up finished seventh, I think, that season. Um, just brought a bit of happiness back. Getting players doing what we probably hadn't been doing for the eight games and thinking too much about it, too much going in, too much info and we just didn't perform. But Harry was, uh, and I think the fans would agree with that. Michael, recently in a uh, an interview with William Hill, who of course are my channel sponsors, you chose your best Spurs eleven. Um, I'm just going to read these names out and I just want you to give me one or two very quick lines on, on each player. Hugo Lloris. Won everything, uh, unfortunately, apart from the Premier League. Everything internationally. Captain of France, World Cup, came in, played with Hugo um, and has played and deserved his contract and captain of the club. Incredible goalkeeper, long servant and a good, good guy. Kyle Walker? Wow. Him and Danny Rose, uh, at the time when I was going into the punditry in the latter stages of my career, 
I said they were the best pairing in the world. People laughed at me when I said that. I still say it. Probably talk about Trent and Robertson at the moment. They're the best as a pair in, in the world. Uh, and Kyle Walker, still at his age, incredible player, incredible athlete. Uh, and we'll be thankful for Spurs to give him the opportunity to to get to where he got to today. And, and he has won pretty much everything at, at, at Manchester City. Sad to see him go, uh, but he's gone on to fulfil his career and win everything. And he's still going. What a player, what an age uh, and an absolute athlete. Ledley King. The best. King by name, King by nature. Um, he looked after me as uh, I said I would never have had the Spurs career. I had, had I not had him beside me. It was calm, a lot different to what I was. I was rash, uh, but captain of the football club. Great guy. And unfortunately, he retired too young. You put uh, Jonathan Woodgate in this team, but I take it if you were to be in this team, Jonathan Woodgate would come out. Yeah, he's got to come out, Woody's got to come out. <laughs> great lad, great character. Um, and when, when he came through the door, he was uh, another northerner character. And people obviously thought, oh, he's come to nick your place. We got him great. He's still a great guy. I still speak to him. And uh, he'll always be a Spurs legend because of the goal he scored when it came off his face. But uh, yeah, top player. Probably saw, didn't see the best of him, everyone, when he was at Leeds. He had injury problems, but he was a character on and off the field. Top player, top guy. Uh, Modric? Still to be going at 36. Exceptional. Real Madrid, another player sad to leave, to see leave. Um, but sometimes you sit here now, still ambassador of the football club. He's fulfilled his play for Real Madrid, Champions League, everything over there. And as fans, it can be hard to see. But as a player, um, I was devastated to see him go. He, 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 for me, playing, he left us vulnerable because you're losing an, an incredible player. I can only speak highly of him as a player off the field when he signed, didn't speak the greatest language, bought into the culture, came out with us. One that always you have to do, you have to make that effort. And he became a lad that we all loved and, and he went on to have an incredible career for us and still doing it for Real Madrid. Take a bow, fantastic. Lennon. Nah, brilliant. Young, young lad, uh, signed just, um, just in the summer after I'd come in January. Came really close to, to Azza. Great lad, great character. Talk about characters, he was always one to get us together, get us out. And he was just a nice kid. Um, and still to be going in the Premier League, still fighting, like I say, you have to go back sometimes. Um, when, you, when you leave a club the size of Spurs, he went, went to Everton, still going, went to Burnley, went over to Turkey, still going in the Premier League. So, friends that you make uh, along the way uh, and played an awful lot of football with, without a played as many games probably with him as, as any, anyone else. So, he was a great player. I think the Spurs fans adore him, still, still do. He yeah. gave everything he could for the club up and down that wing. Uh, great player, Gareth Bale. You must have actually, you must have been absolutely delighted when he returned to the club last uh, season. The best for me, the best, best player I ever played with, and I've been fortunate to play with some world class players. I've, I've said that I can't even name them all. I've been that lucky, but what he went on to achieve at Real Madrid, um, individually, he won games on games on his own. He was like playing. It's like playing in the park, Sunday league, when, when you were the best player, scoring goals, running past players. He was doing it in the Premier League. Um, and yeah, incredible. Winning games out of absolutely nothing. So very fortunate to be a defender when you play with a, a world-class player, superstar. I always say people at Manchester United, when they had Ronaldo, Rooney, 
they can do something out of nothing when the game might be fine, fine margins, you want one nil up, one all, they'll have a bit of genius, and that's what Gaz was. Jermaine Defoe, and uh, are you and Ledley going to try and get him back and be a club ambassador along you, you, you two? Yeah, probably we'll try. Jermaine is uh, a big part of the football club. We know that. Um, lively, lively fella. Always used to try and kick him in training, get tight to him. He was a nightmare to play against when I, when he was at Pompey. Uh, West Ham I played against when he was at Forest. He'd always shoot, he'd go through me. Like I said, how are you so lucky? And he'd always be going, no, that's... I did that on purpose. Defenders go to block it, reverse a pass. Wayne Rooney used to do it. Absolute goal scorer. Knew where the goal was and that's all he thought about. Centre forward, it's all about them. Uh, and his only mind was thinking, how do I score a goal? But that's why he had the, the career he had. 39, just retired. Uh, and another good player to have in and around you. You had Van der Vaart in the team and then you changed it last minute. It's Robbie Keane. Yeah, I mean, look, it was... Some saying I'm not Berbatov in there, crouching there, Van der yeah. put I, I put Rafa in as a number 10 um, and I'm going to put Robbie in because Robbie used to come short as well. He'd drag you out as a centre-half. He, he, he'd do that. But when there was him and Jermaine, Jermaine had running high. You'd go shy. It was just... His game management intelligence of the game, Robbie, pick up and his goal. and Yeah, top player. Probably did that because he, he took me under his wing. Absolute world-class player, superstar, and uh, I saw him in Dubai in in October when we saw him. we had a pint together. It was good to good to catch up. So even though you don't see players all the time and your friends, you live in different parts of the world. When you catch up and you reminisce about the times that we all had, you don't forget. Um, and it's always nice to see see each other. What was your um, favourite and least favourite away ground? Oh, my favourite away ground has to be Anfield. Get goosebumps. I was there. I think it was end of last season when there was ten thousand there after COVID. I was doing some um, s- some work uh, commentary, and there was ten thousand there. And I still came back and thought back to when I made my debut. Uh, you'll never walk alone. The the song is incredible. It's it's always a great atmosphere. It's a tough place to go. I always I always remember hey, that. Probably the worst one. Uh, we never seem to do too well at. Uh, at uh, Bolton, we struggled with Big Sam. He got the ball in the box, and it, we never struggled at White Hart Lane when we got the ball down and passed. But it was just completely different away from home. So probably there, not not for any other reason. We just never got any too many good results. Michael, how was it playing in a North London derby? All right, towards the end, it weren't great early on. When uh, my first two were great, when we went to, we went to Highbury, we my first ever one was we drew one one. Robbie scored. I think Edgar Davies down the left whipped it in. Thierry Henry came on and scored. That was my first experience. Uh, I had one on a midweek game. We went there and put in a good performance. Then we went to the Emirates. We struggled for long, struggled for long periods. That's where we were. The Gulf was Arsenal were for, were superior to us, and that was hard for the fans, hard for the players. Uh, I certainly didn't go out for a long while when when we'd lost in the North London derby because we knew what it meant to the fans. It was. It was everything to them. So, but I think later on in my career, uh, we we got that gap shorter, and we we probably we came um, came ahead of not Arsenal. But it was pressure. You felt that you the noise. It was electric. Best atmosphere I ever had when we were, when we won five one in the semi final. It was oh, wow. It was special. It gives you goosebumps. Uh, but a derby is only good when you win. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's very true. And you guys um, know that as well. Fans know that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, any funny untold stories about former teammates? Who who are the biggest pranksters? Robbie. And the pranks used to normally be on me as well. Um, <laughs> when I first came, we always used to go to we always used to go to a, a gym not far from Chigwell. Uh, so we tr- playing on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was, the secondary recovery. Robbie Robbie hit me car with Michael Carrick and um, uh, JJ. So the three of them, yeah, got to the, the gym and car doors wide open and what have you. So it was great. I took it in good humour and uh, it was, Robbie was always part of something. Robbie was always involved in uh, something going on. Michael, let's talk about Tottenham now. Um, I'm fairly confident. We've got eight games to go in the Premier League. I'm fairly confident that Spurs are going to finish in the top four. Are you? I am now. <laughs> if you'd have asked me probably two weeks ago, I think Arsenal were favourites. Um, and, and this is my punditry head on, thinking they had games in hand, they were performing. Um, and you look at recent recent games where we, certainly Newcastle was there the other week and uh, last Sunday. And first half, I'm surprised Newcastle changed in the second half because we can blow teams away. When we play the way we did, yeah. And they give us no space in the first half. They defended the edge of the box. We went ahead. Ben Davis gets a goal. Brilliant. Fantastic. But you look back to probably going... Man United away. I did the game for, for Sky. Didn't believe we deserved to lose the game. No chance. That was Ronaldo at his best. Scoring yeah. goals when he's not probably been in the game. That's what he does. Wilkas, as I said earlier about we had Gareth. Players can win game on, games on their own. That's what he did that day. Um, and then we go Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle. It's amazing how it can change. And, and I said, Sellers Park is not an easy place to go. Um, and it should, certainly showed that for, for Arsenal the weekend. I think it'll be us or Arsenal. I think it'll come down to when we play them on the 12th of May. I really do. I think you look at the games coming up, Villa, Villa at the weekend. Uh, and, and then we've got Brighton, Brentford, Leicester. We've got Liverpool uh, and then Arsenal. So I think that'll determine uh, where we're going to be. But I think Arsenal have got the, the harder run. Yes, we've got a game in hand. Um, but they were the favourites, so still are just because they've got the game in hand. But it'll come down to it, I'm sure it will. I think we've got we've got games where I look on paper, which always doesn't mean that because we go back to the Wolves, we go back to Southampton, where since Antonio's come in, he's won every game apart from the Burnley one. I mean, we're going through a period there, but I think now we're looking as a team. Kulisevsky, Benteke coming in have been great signings in January. I always say this. Sign players are going to improve your 1-11. to 11, And that's what Antonio uh, and the board did. They've given us an opportunity to get there. Uh, and and credit, to, credit to them bringing those two players in and, and hitting the ground running. That's what it's about. Are you surprised on how well those two players have adapted so quickly? Um, yeah, because I know how hard it is signing for a football club in January. Moving home, hitting the ground running, completely different league. But I think they've been sensational. Now they've got to carry on doing that. Great signings. and uh, You can go out and sign a squad player that you maybe don't see, come on for 10 minutes. Uh, and, and, and to be fair to Kulosevsky, it's had to be because we lost Lucas for a little while. It just shows the substitution that we made last week. Lucas coming on, I couldn't live with him. Stephen coming on, I couldn't live with him. So now we're getting a squad. You've got to have togetherness. And when you come on, you've got to make an impact. Uh, and that's what the players are doing at the moment. Everyone looks like they're playing with confidence. Playing with freedom, uh, and we're winning. We're winning. That's what breeds that. It's it, it's a great, great feeling to have. And you're going into games now thinking, "Wow, we can win this game." Whereas 
you know, when you're going through a period of lacking confidence, it can be hard. I've been a footballer, not just at our club, at every club. Yeah. Michael, talk to me about Christian Romero. He looks a real world-class defender, doesn't he? Yeah, what a player. What a signing. Uh, I like him at the right of the three. I think Eric, Eric Dyer deserves a mention there. And Ben Davis. Yeah. Um, ben didn't play an awful lot of football till um, Antonio came in. And I think you've got players that fit a formation. And I think Ben now, with with his age, playing as a left wing back's tough for him, playing as a left back. I think playing as a left as a three. He goes and heads the ball. He's good on the ball. Um, and I think Eric in there, you've got to be calm. I played, I played in the middle of the three at Hull City. You've got to not get distracted. You've got to concentrate. You're not going wandering. Eric just plays there. It's, it's so easy. He gets all the ball, lends it wide, whereas Christian, I think he's rash. He gets tight to play, but it gives him that opportunity to go out into positions and can get tight because you've got the security of Eric coming around. You've got Ben coming around. And it's not a problem. When he plays in the middle of, middle of the three, he just gets dragged out of positions and the other two have to come out. But what a signing. I think he's absolutely sensational. He's, he's aggressive. He's quick. Uh, he's good on the ball. Uh, a top, top signing. I really am. We, we lost him for a, a large period. He had a bad hamstring injury. Uh, but he's come back and he's hit the ground running. So, credit to him. Michael, surely Harry Kane has got to um, break the England record and Jimmy Greaves' record at Tottenham. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's the best in the world. Um, went through a hard vein of form early on in the season. His numbers weren't where they wanted to be, but he gets in any team in the world. He's that good. Uh, anyone ever not Harry Kane? Don't talk to me. He is. His work ethic. He's wanting to get better, and I don't know how he gets better. He can play. In, he could play in any position on the park. He could play as where Eric Dyer plays, and he could just take passes. He's that good. Uh, I love him, and I love his. I just love him as as a as a player, as a person. He's. You never hear anything that goes off off the pitch. You just head down, head down, and work. And put when you put performances like his at the moment, and I think there was times in the season he was getting uh, unfairly criticised because it was all on Harry, um, which he shouldn't be. And I think now players are stepping up. Yes, he's, he's our, our main man, but you've got Sonny, you've got Kulosevsky, you've got Bentaker and Hobier in the middle of the park, defensively looking good. And he played last week, we scored five goals and he never scored. Remarkable. Well, I was going to say, the, 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 the job that Antonio Conte has done there at Spurs, you know, at the weekend, Davis, Royale and Doherty all scoring, Harry Kane not. Um, Michael, talk to me about Antonio Conte, because I'm expecting big things from our world-class manager. Um, do you think he's going to be the next Spurs boss to deliver a trophy? I hope so. Uh, I think he realises how hard it, hard it can be, but he's galvanised them. Uh, he's gone through his emotions. Uh, I love seeing them up and down. Uh, you know when he's annoyed. You know when he's happy. Uh, and I don't mind that because managers can be they can be frustrated with players, of course. They can only affect Monday to Friday, go and perform on a Saturday. They can't cross that white line for them players. It's in their hands. And I think Matt Doherty deserves a... Uh, a big mention. He's come in. It's took him a long period. I think the way we play suits him. Uh, but it's hard for players to come in for one or two games and expect to perform. He's getting a run now. He's doing well. A couple of goals. Goal against Leeds. Goals at the weekend. Playing at left wing back, uh, which is tough for him. So, as a group of players, collectively, they're playing well. They've got big belief. Michael, last question for you. Um, England in the World Cup in December. What are you expecting? Uh, I'd like to see us go one better than we did last summer. 
I, I think um, I'm a big fan of Gareth Southgate being in the England squad and how it was times back there. Rivalries, uh, I think society's changed now. And I think Gareth is the right man for it. He, he's brought everyone together. You see how everyone come out and defended Harry Maguire uh, after the situation at Wembley the other week. Doesn't matter. Rivals of football club, it seems to go out the window when they play for the country now. And that's that's credit to them. Uh, in the Euros, World Cup, it's a big ask. But we've got a nice draw, haven't we? You couldn't have asked for anything better. Exactly, exactly. Well, eight games to go. Hopefully Spurs will finish in the top four and get Champions League again. Michael, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.